Welcome to Vision of Zion. Today is August the 21st. It's a Sunday. This is episode number 12. My name is Craig Perry and welcome to the podcast. I would like to start by reading you a couple of verses from one of my favorite songs in the hymn book. It's called Dearest Children, God is Near You. That's the first line of the first stanza. Let me read it to you. I love the words here. Dearest children, God is near you watching o'er you day and night, and delights to own and bless you if you strive to do what's right. He will bless you, he will bless you, if you put your trust in him. And then the third verse, Children, God delights to teach you by his Holy Spirit's voice. Quickly heed its holy promptings. Day by day, you'll then rejoice. Oh, prove faithful, oh, prove faithful to your God, and Zion's cause. The message that I'd like to share with you today is that God wants to bless you. This is such a critical message of hope for each one of us. God is not a stingy God. He's not a person or being who is wanting to withhold blessings from you, although it might seem like that sometime. The truth is he wants to bless us. He delights to bless us. And I'm going to share some scriptures and some personal examples. I want to start with an example that came today. I had a brother visiting me and during the course of his visit for, I guess it was three or four days, <clears throat> he asked for a blessing. Now I've talked about blessings before. What I've said in a prior podcast is that it is such a privilege to give somebody a blessing and I am so impressed with how much love I feel for the, from the Lord to the recipient. I mentioned that I learn more about the person when I have my hands upon their head and the Spirit is speaking to that person than I sometimes do just interacting with them. So let me explain a little bit about this blessing today, just to illustrate. After my brother asked for a blessing a couple of days ago, I wanted to wait until there was a good moment to do it. So while the kids were out of the house and my wife was with me, it seemed like an opportune time. What I like to do before I give a blessing is I like to offer up a prayer and invite the Holy Spirit. I feel that this really helps me to prepare for the blessing. I also will sometimes cast out just to make sure any evil, adverse spirits that might be in the area to make sure that there are no false spirits around. This is just a habit I've done over the years. You may or may not feel that's necessary, but just to make sure I do it, and if certainly if I feel anything that's adverse or negative, I want to clear the air. And then I also invite the Holy Spirit to be there. I want the Lord to be present or the Holy Spirit to be present. Any angels that might be available to minister to the recipient of the blessing, I just invite the Holy Spirit to be there. And during that prayer, I usually get a very good feeling moving forward. And so it's a very positive thing. So you may want to consider offering a prayer. And as I mentioned before, I've been ordained to the Melchizedek or higher priesthood in 
our church. And this allows the holders of that priesthood to give blessings. And so after saying the prayer, I put my hands on his head and I gave him a blessing. Or I should say, the Spirit blessed him. The Lord blessed him. I'm just the mouthpiece. Now, I want to tell you that he came to me with some issues and concerns he had. And we talked for a while before giving him a blessing. What's really interesting about blessings is that I usually have no idea what the Lord wants to tell that person. And the background information that he gave me was very helpful to understand what his concerns were. Although, quite honestly, I, don't, I didn't have any impressions about what the Lord wanted to tell him. Once in a while, during the process of talking to someone before giving a blessing, the Spirit can give you a little bit of a hint, or you'll start to get impressions or some discernment what to do. In this case today, I had no preconceptions about what the Lord would want to tell him about the issues that he was raising. We said the prayer, and then I laid my hands on his head and proceeded to give him a blessing. And it was just amazing, as it always is to me, to feel the love that the Lord has for that person and words of counsel, words of encouragement. The first thing in this blessing, for example, was a blessing of comfort, to give him comfort that the Lord was aware of him, knew of his situation, and wanted him to know that he loved him. And then from there, there was some healing that needed to be done, some spiritual healing, and the Lord wanted to give him some healing words. And then the Lord went right into talking to him about his situation and providing some answers. Now, as I mentioned before, my brother or other people in our family will sometimes record these blessings so we can listen to them later and remind ourselves what the Lord has for us. And so he did that on this occasion. And we jokingly said, well, he listened to all the podcasts already, so he can play this over and over again on his way home uh, and remember what the Lord told him in the blessing. We also talked about what the Lord said afterwards and trying to interpret, understand what some of the things were said were about. Now, sometimes it's good just to give a blessing and leave and let the person ponder it. But in this case, the spirit continued to be there. And so it was easy to answer questions. Again, I have found, and the Lord has made it abundantly clear to me, that I don't have any power or ability on my own to speak the words that people need to hear. But as soon as that Holy Spirit comes, it's a different story. He reminded me, my brother did, one time when I gave him a blessing last year upon his request that there was like a two-minute gap during the blessing where I didn't say anything. And I'd forgotten about that. He also recorded that blessing. And he indicated that, and I remember now that if no words come, I'm just not going to say anything. And so it took a while on that occasion to feel the Spirit once again during the blessing to give him the words he needed. If nothing comes during a blessing, well, 
something always comes, but if nothing else comes during a blessing, I just close it out. There's no reason for me to say things that are not, I'm not being prompted to say. I believe that the ability to give a blessing improves over time as we learn to tune into the voice of the Lord. One last thing I wanted to share with you is that for you men who hold the priesthood, I'm not sure if there are women listening who hold the priesthood in other churches, but here's my advice. When you feel a prompting, say it. I find that if I delay what is coming into my mind through the Spirit, that I start to lose the ability to speak for the Lord. You have to just open your mouth and speak as the Lord is speaking to you and let it flow. If you try and analyze or second guess what is what the impressions are, then a lot of times for me, the Spirit can evaporate and leave. So I just start talking, even if I don't know if I'm making sense or getting it exactly right, I continue to talk. And as I talk, I feel the confidence build and I'm able to proceed with the blessing. So those are just some things to think about for you who are either asking for a blessing or give blessings, things you can do to prepare. This is one of the biggest ways that I've learned how much the Lord wants to bless us. Because these blessings, that's what they're called blessings, right? So the Lord wants to bless us. And in every instance that I can think of, there's words of encouragement, love, light, and hopefully bringing a good degree of peace to that person. Also, I find during a blessing, when prompted, the gift of prophecy can enter in. Things that they need to do, things that they are counseled to do, things that if they will do it, will come to pass. And then also things that involve other people in their lives. So it's really interesting to see all of these gifts come together in a blessing. I would like to talk about some of the things that I was told to say in this blessing because I think they might have some universal application and I'm feeling prompted to talk about them. I've noticed that my brother has the ability and has had the ability over the years to pray and ask the Lord for blessings. And I've noticed that in his life that they come to pass and occur with great frequency. I remember Tim talking about the time that he was going to school and he wanted to make some new friends and he was having a hard time. I think he was struggling with that. And he prayed that he could have friends, good friends. And it was amazing because he had, he made some friends with people when he went to school and I have watched him maintain lifetime friendships with people he met while he was in college. Unlike me, I don't know how many people like keep in touch with that I met in college. My brother, he's got four, three or four relationships that he formed during his college years that he keeps very close. And it's really amazing. And I remember him saying that he prayed for that. And the, the trips they've been on, the things that they've done, the support he's had from them has been amazing. So I know that watching his life, specific prayers work for him. And I'm sure they'll work for us, work for you. One of the things that when I was giving him a blessing that I saw in my mind's eye, because sometimes I'll get a, a visual. I wouldn't call it a vision, just a visual. So with him, I pictured 
that the concerns of his life were surrounding him and he was like a circle. And maybe the circle, well, not maybe for sure, the circle was small or smaller than it needed to be. And around the circle were all of these pressures that were being brought to bear against him. And what I felt was that if he prayed, that that circle could enlarge and that he would have more time and capacity to do the things that he needed to do for his spiritual and mental well-being and that the Lord would change the circumstances around him to allow him to expand instead of feeling so closed in. I think that's true for most of us. When we realize that we're not where we want to be and we want to be more than we are, that if we will pray to the Lord, he can change our circumstances and allow us to have more capacity to do the things that we need to do to maintain our spiritual and mental well-being. Nobody gave more hope and spoke more broadly about God's willingness to bless us than Jesus Christ. I'm going to refer you now to the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 7 of the book of Matthew. Listen to these words, and it's really hard to grasp how broad and how amazing this is. But just listen to the words and, and ponder them. The Lord told the crowd, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Just think about how broad that is. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. Verse 9. Or what man is there of you, whom if a son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Well, nobody, right? No normal per person is going to give his son a stone when he asks for bread. Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? It's not, not going to happen. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Okay, now if that isn't good enough, I want to read to you from the Joseph Smith translation of these verses. They add additional meaning and beauty to the teachings of the Savior. Notice some of the subtle word changes at the beginning. Say unto them, Ask of God. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. So here it's saying, Ask of God. Okay, that's an important difference. Verse 13. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and unto him that knocketh it shall be opened. Now here's the real meat, and the difference is in addition. This is labeled as verse 14. And then said his disciples unto him, which is unto Jesus, well, they will say unto us, meaning the people they're going to preach to, we ourselves are righteous and need not that any man should teach us. God, we know, heard Moses and some of the prophets, but us he will not hear. And they will say, we have the law for our salvation, and that is sufficient for us. In other words, they don't have to ask God. They talk to Moses, but he won't talk to us. So this is kind of the shutting down, thinking they can't ask the Lord. But here comes the lesson. Then Jesus answered and said unto his disciples, Thus shall ye say unto them. So preaching to the Jews, the people following the law of Moses, 
This is what you need to tell him. Here it is. What man among you having a son, and he shall be standing out, and shall say, Father, open thy house, that I may come in and sup with thee, will not say, Come in, my son, for mine is thine, and thine is mine. The point of the original translation and this additional translation is we have to understand something. God is our Father. He wants to bless us. And whether we're a son or a daughter, he will treat us accordingly. He wants us to come in and dine with him. And he is generous. Let's go back to James 1.5 again. It's probably the third time I've referenced this. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally. Oh, not stingily. He's going to give to us liberally. And upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Well, what is upbraideth not? I think that just means he's not going to reproach us, censure us, according to the footnote here. He's not going to criticize us for asking. Now, wrap your head around that. We have been conditioned to think of God as just being a vindictive God who maybe can't be bothered with us. I remember that one of the points of view you can take about Heavenly Father is that if you're a deist, I think that's the, if I'm using the proper term, there are people, as I remember among the founding fathers, they believe that uh, God was, was real, but he didn't interfere in our affairs. He was up there doing his thing and that we couldn't access him very easily. And that may have been a good point of view when you're setting up a country because you have to plan for man's weaknesses and man's carnal nature. And so government was set up in this country, the United States of America, to have three branches of government that served as checks and balances against one another. But the reality is that in our personal lives, and I believe in our governments and in our societies, we can call upon God and we can get our prayers answered. So let's do a personal inventory here. How many of us believe that if we ask of God, we're going to get an answer? How many of us believe that if we seek for the blessings of the Lord, we'll be blessed? How many of us believe that if we knock, that he's going to open that door for us? One of our church leaders one of our higher-ups, one of the apostles of our church, has, gave a talk a while back, and he said that we live below our privileges. Do we live below our privileges? Are we overlooking the magnanimous blessings that the Lord could give us in our lives? One of the ways to ask, seek, and knock with the Lord is through prayer. And how do we pray? Well, we open up our prayer by stating the name of our Father. We should spend some time thanking Him for our blessings. And we can also, again, ask for things. Let me, let me talk about those real quick. We pray to Heavenly Father. Now, in my tradition, we don't pray to saints. We don't pray to Jesus. In the Lord's Prayer, the Lord taught us how to pray. Our Father which art in heaven, or 
to your Father in heaven, right? And then one of the things that's nice to do, I believe, is to thank the Lord for what we have, for our blessings. And sometimes it's good to just spend time reflecting and only thanking the Lord in a blessing, what we've been given. And then comes the asking list. Uh, what can we ask for? Well, again, in the scriptures, it's wide open. It's anything. But I would like to give you a tip that comes from Nephi, one of the Book of Mormon prophets, and just see if this resonates with you. This is 2 Nephi, chapter 32, verse 9. And this, by the way, is specifically talking about what we do, our actions. Here's what it says. I say unto you that you must pray always and not faint, that you must not perform anything unto the Lord, save in the first place you shall pray unto the Father in the name of Christ, that he will consecrate thy performance unto thee, that thy performance may be for the welfare of thy soul. There's a lot of points in there, isn't there? That we should pray always. How do we do that? Well, when you're not thinking of something you have to think about, do you keep a prayer in your heart? Do you ponder things and do that kind of exercise? Praying always is, is our default position. What do we think about when we don't have to think? Do we have a prayer in our heart? Next, not faint. Well, don't give up. Persist, right? Maybe faint means something else to you. That's just what comes to my mind. You must not perform anything under the Lord. Okay, so when it comes to doing something that we hope is for good, that will bring honor and glory to the Lord's name, we have to first pray under the Father in the name of Christ that our performance will be consecrated. And then if we do that, the performance will be for the welfare of our soul. Are we doing it because we want self-aggrandizement? Or are we doing it because we want to bring glory to the Lord's name? Now, listen to this before this. This is another verse that we should visit. Because I would ask you, do you feel reluctant to pray sometimes? Do you feel hesitant? And if, and if you do feel hesitant, why is that? Nephi is trying to talk to his brethren here, and he says the Spirit is stopping him from saying more, and that he would like to say more, but because of unbelief, he can't teach them more and as much as he wants to. But here's what he says after that. He says in verse 8, I perceive that you ponder still in your hearts and agree with me that I must speak concerning this thing. For if you would hearken unto the Spirit which teacheth a man to pray, you would know that you must pray. For the evil spirit teacheth a man not to pray, but teacheth him that he must not pray. So if you do not feel like praying, it's because there is an evil spirit. And how do we deal with evil spirits? It's really simple. We just need to pray to the Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command this evil spirit or all evil and adverse spirits to depart. I invite the Holy Spirit to be with me. If you need to, raise your right onto the square and cast out those bad feelings. There's a really cute story I read once about a leader in our church, uh, Brigham Young. And the story goes that 
he was getting on his knees and he said he said one time that i read that he would pray get on his knees and pray until he felt like praying he didn't always feel like praying when he when he got on his knees to pray he prayed until he felt like it and i remember one person walking by heard him arguing with himself you know get on your knees and pray i don't want to pray well get down you know this kind of thing kind of a cute anecdote about sometimes even prophets struggle with prayer and i know that i could really uh, stand to pray a lot more i do ponder a lot about things that i read and i'm always richly rewarded in my prayers but i don't think that i pray enough and one of the reasons that i am giving this podcast is to remind myself of the importance of praying always listen to this first this is this chapter is loaded with really good advice it says wherefore now after i have spoken these words if ye cannot understand them it will be because ye ask not neither do ye knock wherefore you are not brought into the light but must perish in the dark i'm just going to close this episode i'm not going to go as long as i've been going lately and just re-emphasize the importance of prayer the importance of talking to our heavenly father i feel impressed to say that the words that you use don't be too concerned about them right now the lord understands our language and our wording and our ability there was a talk given a very good talk given by one of our church leaders about the importance of using the intimate forms of communication now in, in italy when you talk to a familiar form you talk in familiar form to a person you use one set of uh, verbs and then when you talk formally you use a different set and that's been lost in the english language the words thee thou thine and then how to conjugate thou shouldest for example there's different conjugations and we've kind of lost that art in many respects of using the formal the informal to speak to the lord in an intimate way as we would a friend that we see in other languages but nevertheless don't get hung up on that i would advise talk to the lord as if he's your best friend that he's your father who loves you and just be honest with him and talk plainly and you will be heard i'm grateful for prayer i'm grateful for jesus christ's teachings all he's trying to do in many respects is to get us to love the lord our god with all our heart might mind and strength now i'm going to close with one last caveat or warning that it may sometimes seem that god isn't listening I know there are people in dire circumstances who are praying for God to save them from horrible things that are happening in their lives. I've read accounts for some people because it's easier to do. They'll even pray to Satan saying, Satan or God, I need someone to help me out. I pray that you will persist with Heavenly Father to get you out of your situation. And I pray that all of us can be more aware of our brothers and sisters our young people our children who may be abused or suffering and ask the lord to reveal the perpetrators who bring them harm and let's be more aware of one another because the lord loves all of his children 
We don't want people turning to the dark because that is only a temporary fix and only leads to heartache and trouble in the end. We worship a powerful God. He has power over all. He is a creator of this earth. Satan is the usurper of this earth. And we need to stay on the Lord's side. I pray that we will all be mindful of our brothers and sisters, of our little ones and our children, our friends and neighbors, and reach a hand of friendship and fellowship so they can feel they can talk to us if they are in need. And we can be those boots on the ground to bring to pass the Lord's work of salvation and happiness among his children. Thank you for listening.